Welcome back to Nature of Business. I'm your host, Chrissy Coughlin. Thank you for joining us today on this beautiful Thursday afternoon. We have with us now Mitch Jackson, and he is the Vice President of FedEx Corporation's Environmental Affairs and Sustainability. And he has the responsibility for sustainability and government governance issues of these matters, providing strategic direction and management of environmental energy management and sustainability issues. And he's going to get way more into depth about what he does. But uh, welcome, Mitch. Chrissy, uh, thank you for having me on Nature of Business today. Well, we're very thrilled to have you, and I'm excited to uh, hear about everything that's going on with FedEx. I used FedEx yesterday, twice, actually. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That's great news. We're starting off well. Yes, we are. Oh. Exactly. And then the FedEx guy came and, and right on time, and he was had a really good attitude and seemed happy, so it was it was a good experience. That's, that's wonderful. You'll hear me talk about customer service during this. Uh, oh, good. This talk. Good. good. It is a big. It is a big piece of it for sure. Well, before we before we talk about the company, let's talk about um, you a little. Paint us a picture of what you do at FedEx and how your career has landed you where you are today. Sure. Uh, just briefly, uh, I'm responsible for the development of the uh, sustainability strategy we have here at FedEx. That includes the vision uh, for the uh, for the function. Um, and the idea is that we uh, look, work to minimize our environmental footprint while uh, delivering our customer service uh, for our customers. So again, there I told you that I would get to the customer service right off the bat. Yeah, it's it's central. It's uh, central to what we do each and every day. Uh, mm-hmm. From from my past, I've worked in operations. Uh, I've worked in our properties and facilities department, uh, and and uh, I'm in our legal department now. I have been for a number of years okay. uh, at FedEx. And I, I think that's an important issue, and it's interesting in that it's allowed me to see the different aspects of the business, these different perspectives. Sure. So from operations, of course, you get the operational side of the business, you know, what it's like to, to continue to serve our customers each and every day. Um, from the, uh, the properties and facility side, it's about support-related functions. It's helping, the, it's helping the business with those operations and the like. Uh, and then the policy issues or policy-related aspects of the business come in sometimes with respect to the legal aspect, and it lets me delve in and work on those issues uh, quite uh, often and extensively. And I think what that does is it shows in our approach to sustainability where we're, also, where we're looking to include performance, leadership, and innovation aspects into what we do every day. Terrific. So how many years have you been there? Uh, I've been with FedEx uh, over a little bit over 25 years. So That's I, awesome. I, okay. I started out. I started out with FedEx uh, uh, while actually while I was in college. And, wow. uh, and FedEx has a promote from within uh, philosophy, sure. and so uh, a lot of our long-term executives have been with the company, have moved up with the company in that manner. Wow. Okay. And have you always been in? Where have you have you been located in the same location? I, I, uh, located in Memphis, where in our Memphis, corporate yeah. headquarters is. Yep. Yes. Yep. Wow. Wow. That's good to know. Um, all right, well, let's talk, let's talk a little bit, Mom, about the, um, the, the mantra I've been hearing. I've read a lot, I've been reading a lot um, up on FedEx, and there's a lot of lingo, and, and you talk about it, about reducing, replacing, and revolutionizing for fleet management. Tell us, tell us how this plays out at FedEx. Well, it's a, it, it's a great moniker for what that fleet management program does. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really kind of like the approach to waste minimization, you know, the reduce, reuse, recycle, Cycle, right? Sure. Uh, in this case, as you noted, uh, Chrissy, it's reduce, replace, revolutionize. Mm-hmm. So what, what, what does that mean? Well, the reduce is about utilizing our routing efficiencies uh, from our support teams in order to, to reduce the number of vehicles that we need to serve our customers each and every day. So reducing the number of trucks and vehicles to 
deliver the packages or the package volume that we have. Mm-hmm. The replace piece of it is uh, about downsizing the vehicle size uh, so that they can travel more miles and use less fuel. Uh, and that, in doing that, it maximizes our, our fuel economy and reduces our greenhouse gas emissions. Mm-hmm. So longer distance routes get smaller uh, vehicles because they don't have to have as much cargo space in them. Dense urban deliveries tend to be bigger vehicles because they travel a few miles uh, but have a lot of packages in them. So okay. it's the right vehicle for the right application. Right. And, Re- and Revolutionize looks to the future uh, in that it seeks to, uh, to find fuel-efficient and environmentally beneficial technologies, uh, such as hybrid electric or electric vehicles, uh, in order to maximize efficiencies and reduce our environmental impact. Uh, and this can be particularly in these, some, some of these heavily urbanized areas. But it's hedging the bet for the future to find those solutions that will work in the future for us. And how, how does that play out um, specifically and geographically? I mean, obviously, you're worldwide. And, and are, are, you seeing, are you seeing more of your efforts happening in sp- specific areas of the, of the country, of the world? It's a, it's a great question. It's actually to a global approach. So vehicles tend to be bigger in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of the uh, just a number, partly the infrastructure issues that you have here. Um, and what it allows us to do, though, is we have different sizes of these new technologies uh, that allow us to to place them on these right routes. In the European theater, in the uh, Asian markets as well, we're still able to find some of these uh, new solutions in the revolutionized category as well that will still meet those requirements and in some cases are even easier to implement because the the, the vehicle weight is lower mm-hmm. right so the, sure. the propulsion that's needed for the vehicles is smaller as well so the approach that we're taking is is a global approach okay great um well let's let's talk about earth smart i know we um we probably could spend the rest of the interview talking about uh, earth smart at fedex but in a nutshell what what are we what are what are we talking about here so you're, 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 you're wise. I could talk to you about it the whole time, and we don't have enough time. So <laughs> and I I'll, can I'll, ask you I'll, so many questions about it. But so, well, in general, EarthSmart's our commitment to minimize the impact that we have on the environment. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, we do it by integrating innovative, sustainable practices in, in the way we work and the services that we offer our customers. So okay. it's about trying to encourage innovation um, that, that helps our business and then helps others be more sustainable. Uh, and that that's but but by the way both economically and environmentally mm-hmm. so that collective sustainability brand EarthSmart uh, serves as that platform to communicate uh, both internally and externally okay so it's made up of a, of three programs it's made up of our FedEx solutions or FedEx innovations program uh, and that looks to improve the sustainability of our products our services and our physical assets and I'll give you some examples in just a minute okay. uh, our programs comes in uh, from our at work program and that's about informing and engaging our team members helping them to make more significant contributions uh, to a more sustainable workplace and then the third is our outreach program our earth smart outreach and that covers our philanthropic and volunteer programs and it's really centered around effective environmental stewardship in the communities that we operate in and serve okay. so those are the three components of it now two two quick examples of what some of these are. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first is our carbon neutral envelope shipping program. Uh, and that's uh, wherein we um, ship over 200 million envelopes each year uh, of the overnight envelopes. Oh, that's a lot. Uh, at, at no additional cost, right? Yeah, at no additional cost uh, and make the shipping of that carbon neutral. 
So it's just it's implicitly built into to that uh, to that product. And what we do, we feel that that synergizes quite nicely with our uh, digital alternative, which is our FedEx Office print online service, and that's aimed at large or complex print products, uh, wherein you can send directly from a desktop to a FedEx office location in, in the place that you're actually needing to, to print or distribute the material. Hmm. So you've got a digital alternative and you have a physical alternative, but both of them are either carbon neutral or low carbon solutions. Okay. Second example that I can give you on the solution side is our FedEx uh, paperless processing program. And through that, we have a, a service called electronic trade documents that enables customers to upload all of their trade documentation um, or whether their documents or the FedEx generated documents. So they, they digitally upload it, similar to the, to the FedEx office print online. Mm -hmm. So these international documents are submitted electronically, and what it does is it allows for customization of these documents through the upload of letterhead and signature images, uh, and then these trade documents can then be submitted ahead of the shipment to reduce the chance of customs delays. Oh, so okay. again, reduced environmental impact, better customer service, uh, and and less delays through the shipment of the materials or the shipment of the goods to wherever they're going internationally. Right, right, exactly. So, how much, you know, because they're building upon all this, how much are the the employees involved in 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 this whole process? Even from the the delivery to people in corporate, are are people a part of of this education system? Do people understand what's going on internally with the sustainability program? And let's say the guy that delivered me, that picked up my packages yesterday, does, is he part of this dialogue? I think what uh, it's a great question, and I think what we're finding is that we're we're we now. Uh, reference those pillars, those three pillars, less and less with our internal team members, okay. because you've got to keep it simple for them. Right? Sure. So, in in some cases, it's really about the products and services we provide to our customers, the operations that we have internally, and then our volunteer and philanthropic activities. Right. Mm -hmm. Our customer, I mean, our employee base, our team members, really don't necessarily want to look at that in in a different um, segmentation standard. Uh, component system. Mm -hmm. So as a result, we're going back and we're trying to keep it as simple as possible with them and and basically telling them the things that they're doing in the operation that reduce fuel use, that reduce the amount of materials that are being used, uh, and then therefore help our customers is all part of our SMART program. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I think it's a key, one of the key things, the findings that we've had is keep it simple and, 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 and empower the team members to do what they need to do. Right, exactly, exactly. All right, well, well I might have a couple more questions about the 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 employees in a second, but uh, let's start. Sure. Let's talk about the um, the start the shift campaign. What is this? Well, if you remember, remember I answered the, I think the first question. I was talking about leadership and innovation a little bit. Part of our approach mm -hmm. uh, with respect to my background, and this is an example of of that aspect of what we're talking about. You know, at FedEx we believe that transportation uh, is too reliant upon one source of energy right now. Yeah. That's uh, naturally it's petroleum. And you can argue of over whether uh, you can argue over the issue of supply and the like, uh, but the fact of the matter is, is that petroleum, no matter no matter the issue of supply, uh, vast majorities of that supply are coming from some of the most unstable parts of the world. So there are energy security issues along with the environmental uh, considerations from the emissions therein. Mm -hmm. um, over ninety percent of that transportation that we have here in the U.S. is relying upon this one source. And so we believe that electrification should and will be part of our transportation future. 
and that really does apply to both consumer and commercial usage uh, you know, in, the, in that future. Mm-hmm. So what we saw was that a solution that will diversify the energy mix that allows natural gas, wind, uh, solar, hydroelectric solutions, among others, that could be in the future clean coal or, or something else if they uh, uh, developed uh, uh, CCX and, and the other things uh, along those lines allows you to do that. If you get electrification, you can diversify your supply. Mm-hmm. So given that, we wanted to engage others to take action. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as you know, we use these technologies now in our operations uh, on all of our continents that we operate in. Uh, but but we, we see the need that others do as well since passengers typically in the U.S. drive 40 miles or less a day. And, and I can tell you it's important to me personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, I own a plug-in electric car myself. Oh, you and, do? Okay. Yeah, I do. And, and cool. yesterday I actually racked up my 4,000 miles of commuter, uh, a commuter milestone yesterday. That and, is awesome. Uh, yeah, so it's great. That's great. Um, so I, I, uh, I was just talking about, is it, what is it, a Volt? I actually I've had the Mitsubishi I me. Oh yeah. Okay. And the and the reason and I'll tell you the reason that I got it was it was the first sub thirty thousand dollar full plug in electric car. And ah. so it was starting to as you have the Leaf, uh, you have the Volt, and you have uh, the I Eve, and it was um, it was just that's the reason that I did it. It was I thought that the prices were going in the right direction, and I wanted to be supportive of that. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I've I've never seen one of those. I've got to check. I'll have to get online and check it out. Um, now, part part of part of what um, FedEx has done, I believe, with the Start the Shift campaign, um, is is partnering. Um, did have you? Did you partner with EDF, the Environmental Defense Fund, on this? And we did. Okay, it'd be fun for our listeners to hear about that, and then just just about your feeling on strategic partnerships in general, and how they sort of help expedite what you what you're doing at FedEx. Well, this goes back a ways. We did this some years ago uh, when jo- when joining with uh, Environmental Defense Fund, uh, and we were seeking to bring a cleaner, more fuel efficient commercial vehicle to market, okay. uh, and to do it in concert with the vehicle manufacturing community. Um, and you know they have a corporate partnerships group that looks to they they will work with one you know individual company uh, to to successfully bring a transformation to a market, uh, and then the idea is that others in that market or uh, in, in that particular industry will follow suit. Mm-hmm. So it's and it's a it's a wonderful model. Uh, but I'm getting ahead of myself because yeah. right, let me tell you a little bit about that and then I'll, I'll tell you the, the rest of it. Uh, so we were working on this next-gen uh, cleaner vehicle, and uh, it, essentially it worked. Uh, what it did is it resulted in a new model vehicle for the commercial vehicle sector for the industry. Uh, it basically was the first viable hybrid commercial electric uh, vehicle or hybrid electric uh, vehicle solution hmm. uh, that uh, was out there. Uh, it was a fully collaborative approach. Uh, we worked with the manufacturers uh, to help bring that because the, the whole idea of this was to try to reach scalability with it as well. Right. And uh, what, what's uh, particularly gratifying is that it's not just people in uh, or uh, 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 entities in the transportation delivery industry, log- transportation logistics industry that have utilized it, but others in the telecommunications industry and others have utilized these hybrid electric uh, designs that oh. the commercial vehicle sector generated and it came out of this project with EDF. Okay. Now, I with with respect to the uh of working what my thought is with with working these uh kind of initiatives and partnerships. I've recounted the observation in the past uh that I had in one of um, one of the meetings we had when we were working on the project where I had come back in the room uh, as we were working on this 
And it, it just dawned on me, it was, one, it was almost like a clean slate, that a newcomer to the project would not have been able to determine if they had walked in like I did that day. They wouldn't have been able to determine who worked for whom between us as the operator, uh, Environmental Defense Fund as the uh, ENGO, or the manufacturers. Wow. And, and what I took out of that at the time was it was a sign of collaboration. Sure. It was a team focused upon the mission and the ultimate goal, and they had left, everyone had left personal one-sided agendas at the door, and, and we were focused on the mission. Mm. So nice to hear. It's, 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 often, uh, it's often very challenging when you bring in people with different agendas and priorities together, even though they're, the overall mission is, is of goodwill. <laughs> they're... Uh, it is tough to get people on sort of on the same page, so that's that's nice well, to hear. And, and, and as far as it being transformative, I told you other fleets taking um, taking those designs and, and starting to put them in their their operations, whether it be in transportation, logistics, or telecommunications, or uh, beverage delivery, or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. The other thing that it did is it actually helped lead to the next uh, evolution of that, which was the full electrics. Because mm-hmm. we, you can argue, and it's debatable as to how comfortable we would have become to the idea of full electrics in the delivery and transportation space if we hadn't been successfully already working with hybrid electrics in right. that space. Right, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So one thing leads to the other. That's great. Yeah. Are there are there any other partnerships that, that might be worth, since we're on the, the subject, um, might be worth talking about to our listeners? Well, we've got one that uh, we've got underway with uh, uh, an ENGO that we'll be announcing soon with respect to scaling of biofuels uh, oh. and, and alternative sources, because one of the goals that we have uh, for FedEx is to get 30% of our jet fuel supply by 2030. So to get 30% by 2030 mm-hmm. uh, from alternative and biosources. And so we'll be announcing that uh, where, where we're working with uh, in, uh, an environmental NGO to try to find how to scale, what's the roadmap to get to that. Yeah, Not that only would... for us, but others but can take advantage of as well. Sure. I would think that, that would, the scale issues would be the biggest challenge there. I, I've done some work on biofuels, and it's fascinating, fascinating stuff. But um, right. the yeah. scale is, is obviously the main challenge there. It is the challenge, yes. <laughs> well, so are you let's talk about the industry in general um there are you have competitors and um how how much information sharing is going on you, i feel that you know you're you're, you're fedex is, is sort of leading the charge here but are, is there information sharing um i know you mentioned that the, the you know the trucks of have, have in the 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 alternative energy trucks, et cetera, have been picked up by telecommunications industry but how about in general the 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 field the transportation. Uh, yeah, one of the things that we did, I'll use that project as an example uh, of the hybrid electrics and the work with EDF. We conducted uh, workshops when okay. we were doing uh, doing that project um, to, uh, to to give other fleets an idea of of how they were operating for us and what was occurring. Because, you know, that project, I didn't mention it, but that project was non-proprietary. Hmm. So not only were other fleets able to buy that technology that we had worked to develop with the, with the manufacturer, along with EDF, uh, but we were actually conducting these workshops to give other fleets uh, information about how they were working and encouraging okay. them to buy okay. the, the technology. Yeah. Okay, that, that, that's great. So what are you seeing? You've been in the, in the, in the, in the sustainability world now for a while, and you, you, you're out there speaking quite a bit and um, conducting interviews, and uh, just like this one. And what, what do you feel about the, the sustainability world in general? What are you seeing from, from your perch? Are you uh, seeing, seeing momentum in, in your industry and beyond? 
Well, yeah, it's a it's an interesting uh, issue, and uh, it's encouraging, and then the, there's a troubling trend as well, I think. So there's very positive trends, but there, there's a little bit of a troubling trend as well. First, positive, mm-hmm. uh, integration. I think that sustainability professionals are working harder than ever uh, mm-hmm. to find a business value in sustainability for their organizations. Mm-hmm. How they do that uh, to help their organizations uh, save money, help them serve their customers in a better fashion, and, and to be better stewards in the community. It's very important. I've written about it a great deal mm-hmm. on our blog, our website. Sure. Uh, as, uh, you know, as, uh, and I even refer to it as, uh, as a yin and yang thing, uh, that, that necessary balance between the two. So that's very encouraging. Mm-hmm. The troubling trend, however, is around data. It is too easy to become trapped into spending too much time in capturing information rather than actually making a difference. All right. And I'll give you two examples. So which of these is better? Toyota beginning the transformation of an industry to hybridization of vehicles and beyond some years ago. GE integrating sustainability into their eco-imagination product line. Again, integration of, of innovation mm-hmm. or simply reporting on hundreds of data elements without necessarily focusing on innovation or leadership. Right, right. And by the, and by the way, I'm phrasing that. I think you know where I stand. <laughs> so, so, so transparency is important, sure. but you've got to innovate. You've got to make a difference mm-hmm. first because mm-hmm. data is Otherwise, data is just simply data. Mm-hmm. I think that I read something recently that, that 80% of sustainability folks are, are in their jobs and seeking further training on the job. And so there is the, the deep commitment to there. But I think it, I still see that it varies from company to company how they're actually infiltrating into the, the their core upper management. And where let, let, let me ask you, where, where do you sit in, when it comes to that? Is there, are you, let's say, are you physically near the... The, the people making these strategic decisions? Your, is your office near them? Are you having regular discussions with the CFO? Yes, I, uh, I actually uh, sit in our corporate, uh, in our co- corporate function in our, in our holding company. We have, you know, we have four operating companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I actually came out of our, our, the largest of our operating companies back in 2007. I moved to the corporate function intentionally to be able to deal with, to integrate in and deal with strategic uh, and vision issues uh, across our enterprise. Okay. Okay. Uh, and so one of the things that we did is that we, that we uh, reconstituted a year and a half ago our sustainability council. Uh, because in, and our council at the time had been focused on reporting uh, data and that kind of thing with respect to, uh, to um, the transparency aspect of it because uh, it was, a, it was a, need, a needed function at the time. But we went to an executive management level committee that I chair uh, a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we also have enterprise-wide sustainability impact teams that cover our functional areas that, that, that flow below that uh, Enterprise Sustainability Council. And it covers areas such as IT, vehicles, air operations, our supply chain, along with others as well. And so that's how we deal with those issues. But absolutely, you have to coordinate and you have to have the, uh, the appropriate governance over that over it too in order to to, to manage it effectively and to keep pushing it forward. Right, right. Well, let's let's talk a little policy here. Um, FedEx is the first company in the U.S. transportation logistics industry to push for commercial vehicle fuel economy and greenhouse gas legislation. That's a big deal. Um, elaborate on this a little bit for, with us because it, it, what it means for the industry because that's, that's a big commitment there on the policy side. Well, I, I would be remiss if I didn't tell you we were also the first to establish a fuel efficiency goal for our vehicles in okay. the industry. Uh, 
Uh, but and, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to that in a second because I think it's important. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with regard to the regulation, historically, the regulatory focus for commercial vehicles was on soot and smog emissions, right? So mm-hmm. particulate and NOx emissions. Uh, but what it had done is it led to a stagnation in fuel economy improvement. And, and that basically meant the same for greenhouse gas emission reductions. They stagnate, stagnated. Mm-hmm. So what we at FedEx envisioned was a different path with respect to this. We first started with that collaboration that, that you had asked me about earlier with EDF and the manufacturers. Uh, we then moved to piloting that technology and sharing that information, as I mentioned, uh, to other fleets. Then we worked with uh, policymakers to, in- to incentivize the purchase and usage of these. So investment tax credits back for this new technology so that we could, again, prove the viability of the technology. Uh, and then we, we, pushed, uh, uh, we pushed for regulation. We pushed, at that point, then we pushed for standardization, a regulatory framework uh, for fuel efficiency and greenhouse gases that w- would apply to all commercial vehicles, not just ours. Hmm. So we focused on fuel economy for our fleet while also driving through the standards for all commercial vehicles. And what we think is the result of that will be a reduction in fuel use and greenhouse gas emissions for, from the commercial vehicle sector uh, since these regulations are coming to effect next year in 2014. Yeah. Um, and I can tell you that it was wonderful the other night with the president's State of the Union address <laughs> uh, where he referenced the, the, the bipartisan group that was working on fuel efficiency and, and uh, energy security and the like. Yep. He was referring to the Energy Security Leadership Council that our chairman and founder, Frederick W. Smith, co-chairs. That is terrific. That so is that, terrific. Was, uh, that, was, that was gratifying to hear. Absolutely. To say that, it, that if, a, if a nonpartisan coalition of CEOs and retired generals can get behind the, the idea, then so can the federal government. That, oh. that was tr- truly gratifying. Excellent. I agree. Uh, all right. So let's, we've got a few more minutes, and, I wanna, and there's so many questions I can ask you. But let, let's, let's talk about some of the challenges. We've talked about a lot of the, the good stuff, which is really important for, for our listeners to hear and for me to learn about. It's, it's, it's terrific. What are, but what, obviously with that come challenges, and we'll start with the challenges, and then we'll, we'll a- I'll ask you a little bit about the successes as well, but let's start with some of the stuff that's harder to accomplish. You know, this is going to be easy to say. Usually challenges are hard to talk about. It's going to be easy because I referenced it just a minute ago. And, uh, and, and I think that sometimes with every, with every success comes a new set of challenges, right? Yeah. So for, for us, I think that candidly it's about managing the process. Mm-hmm. We've done a good job. We've done very well of incorporating sustainability into our company's ethos. Mm-hmm. Uh, even applying it to, uh, you know, that it really is about customer service, right? Uh, whether that customer service or that service is, in the, is for our customers directly or it's, or it's in the communities in which we're operating um, mm-hmm. uh, as, as well. Uh, and I, as I said, we, we reconstituted the Sustainability Council and all of those teams as well. But I think that's the biggest challenge that we're facing now, which is, is continuing to manage that process uh, and, and, and keep the momentum going. Mm-hmm. Um, you, know, you know, Andrew Liveris of Dow said something uh, one time about that. You know, you you've got to have a team of dogs pulling the sled, but you've got to have a lead dog. Something <laughs> uh, I'm paraphrasing, but it's something yep. along that uh, along that lines. And I think that's a that's a key feature. So one of the one of the things that I see the challenges we have is to continue to and and forgive me for saying this, but to continue to push the envelope. Oh, that was a good one. Uh, that, <laughs> so, a good uh, one. with respect to with respect to what we're doing, sure. and so that's that's a big challenge. Okay, now let's flip that and talk about some of maybe your most proud of, proudest successes thus far. I, I think it's many of our first 
uh, frankly. Uh, you know, FedEx was the first company in U.S. transportation logistics to establish a citizenship law. Mm-hmm. Right? So I've been blogging for four years. Uh, we were the first to report global scope one, you know, the direct greenhouse gas emissions. We did that in 2008, and I'm talking the global emissions. Mm-hmm. We were the, actually the first to disclose climate risk to the Securities and Exchange Commission uh, back years ago as well in our industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we were also the first to establish and set specific goals. I mentioned one, the vehicle fuel efficiency improvement goal, but we also did the same with our aircraft carbon emission reduction mm-hmm. program as well uh, back in 2008. Uh, and we, by the way, we've uh, we've just raised that goal in, in the last uh, six months another 50 percent in the wow. same time frame. Wow! Uh, because we're making such good progress. And then you know we set the lead standard, and um, and that we made lead a standard for newly built facilities in our FedEx Express operation, uh, and that was a first in our industry. Uh, and then as you noted, we were the first to push for standards around fuel economy and greenhouse gases. So I I think that I'm most proud of, uh, proudest of that that, okay. that we've been able to do that. It's a lot of good stuff going on there. Um, so do, let, let's. Uh, I'll end on this this quick question here. Um, do you do you feel that FedEx is is moving the entire? And we sort of talked about this, but is it moving the entire delivery industry along at a faster pace? Do you think, given what you're doing there? I think it is. I, th- I think that was one of the goals that we've always had with mm-hmm. respect to, to to what we did. You know, I, I said many of those first uh, that, that I just mentioned uh, have been replicated since by others in the industry. Okay. And, and even beyond the industry where I mentioned that the telecommunications and sure. the beverage industry and the like. So that, that is extremely gratifying to me uh, uh, that, 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 it, that that's been able to occur. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I wrote in a recent blog post, uh, I, I basically said you've got to take action. You have to lead where appropriate. Change what's possible along the journey and only then write it down. <laughs> That's great. Right? Absolutely. And, 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 and I think that to, to, with regard to your question, when, when you do those endeavors, when you take those actions and they're successful, others are naturally going to follow suit. Right. They're going to follow. Right, right. Wow, Mitch, this has been fabulous. Thank you so very much for, oh, for speaking with, with me. Gr- Chrissy, it's been great talking to you. Thank you for having me. All right, we will talk soon.